All right, it's time for the Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Ferrer, Dukey Lang, the whole gang back together for the nearing of the end of the year. And as we enter 2020, we look at the Miami Heat and we look at a team right now that we keep buying into. Last week, we spent the entire pod talking about why you shouldn't get too caught up in who the Heat should trade for and, and whether they should package for this guy or that guy and what kind of deal. And guys, as we start a new week, and the Heat continue to win games and continue to win big games. And, you know, this past week they had a huge win in Philadelphia. First team to beat the Sixers on the road this season. Uh, but as they continue to play good basketball, they got themselves a pretty good player back in Goran Dragic. And, Clay, I'll start with you. Uh, we wait for Justice Winslow. There's still no official word yet on when he'll be back. But Goran Dragic is, is, I think, with the time he missed and then when his return game has shown, the Heat may, you may be looking for scenarios to find someone. But the Heat have someone in Core Dragic, which is pretty damn important. Yeah, everybody's playing with the trade machine these days, right? Because, what, December 15th, the new trade window opened. And, you know, we talked on this pod last week a little bit about it. But I think what's amazing is I was curious because sometimes you see something and you're like, well, is there something that backs this up? Are there numbers that, that back this up? And I know there's a bunch of advanced stats and things like that that can probably go into more detail on this. But. My feeling since Dragic had gone out was, man, Jimmy Butler looks really tired and he's playing an awful lot of minutes. And so I kind of just went back and charted the games that he played since Dragic had gone out. 40 minutes a game he was averaging. It was it was roughly about 39 and a half. That's, I mean, way too much. Way too much in a league where guys miss entire games for load That's management. That's a lot of math. It's, yeah, yeah, seriously. I, I had a lot of time on my hands. Uh-huh. Um but I, I think what Dragic does, and the reason why Jimmy Butler was being forced to play so many minutes, I watched a number of games, Will and Dookie, where he went out, you know, that little end of the third quarter into fourth quarter break that they try to give pretty much all the big-time stars across the league. You rarely see a star playing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then I would see Jimmy Butler coming back in with ten and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Because Eric Spolstra saw very early in the fourth quarter a number of times that I don't have any playmakers on the floor. I don't have any facilitators. So without Dragic and without Winslow, there was really nobody outside of Butler and Bam who can really facilitate. And and guys who you can count on to not only handle the ball, but make the right decision every time and kind of have that extra sixth sense of, of where to find their teammates. That's Dragic, and and I think it only took one game for him to be, and I get it, it's the Knicks, I understand that. No, but but still, it's the player, and the issue with the player is an issue we talked about on an earlier pod, Dookie, and that's, that's, Gorn has proven to be about as valuable as as any player on this roster. I mean, when you look at him as far as, you know, productive, consistent score, it's Jimmy and then him, And, and honestly, in some games, it might be more him and then Jimmy. Yeah. Because he is the kind of guy that while Jimmy has his mid-range and long-range at times struggles, Gorn is pretty consistent with that. Both are attackers. Jimmy obviously a little bit more of an attacker these days than Gorn is. But I guess my point being, it goes to show though why those minutes are so important and why being careful with Gorn is important. I think one thing Eric Spolster is going to definitely do and look at uh, for the rest of the games this year and in the next year and as you start to manage those minutes in the come playoff time is that you can't burn Gorn out. You can't put him too many minutes because he's too valuable to this team to overuse in the regular season. He is a key guy that they're going to need for whatever kind of playoff push they make. And the other thing is not just the minutes, it's the workload that Jimmy Butler has to do. The next game was a blowout, right? 
but only nine points for Jimmy Butler. I believe he only took three shots. So we talked last week, where is the relief going to come from Jimmy Butler for Jimmy Butler? Because Jimmy Butler is not the type of guy who's going to slow himself down. Pacing himself is not the way Jimmy Butler works. So impossible. He just doesn't do it. So if if the guy only has one speed, then he needs to have the trust. If you're going to be able to sit Jimmy Butler on the bench, if Spoh's going to say, hey, Jimmy, take a rest, like Clay said, maybe take a little longer rest going from the third quarter into the fourth. Maybe you come back with seven minutes left instead of ten minutes left, and that's the difference between you being able to finish the game with fresh legs or you missing jump shots at the end of the game. But if he's going to do that, if you're going to keep a player who is as passionately maniacal about playing hard all the time as Jimmy Butler is, he damn well better trust the guy who you're putting in for him. And I think Goran Dragic, being a guy who's been in the league for a long time and being a guy who's an all-star, that's someone who he will sit for. He's not going to sit if he's watching the team struggle. He's going to be nagging at his coach. He's going to want to get back in the game. And you're also going to be relying on the coach to not know, man, I got Jimmy Butler sitting here. We're paying him a lot of money to play. So as, as much as a coach and Jimmy Butler and a culture want to mm-hmm. treat every game as important, you're in charge of not just one game, but 82 games plus. And so it's very hard at that moment where the team is slumping and, and they can't get anything right, and you got Jimmy sitting there to want to put him back in. So I think that getting Goran back sets the rotation right, but you kind of wonder, what is Justice Winslow going to do when he comes back? Yeah, well, let's get Why to that. Doesn't let, that hold on, let's get to that in a second, but I want to I want to go back to your point that you just made about Jimmy Butler and, and, and trusting the guy who's going to come in for him because it really triggered something with me because I, you know, we were putting together these pieces on, on Sunday night, and uh, Jimmy missed Goron so much. Thursday was his day off, and it just happened to be a workout day for Goron. They, they wanted to put him through the paces, make sure that he was good to go for the following night against the Knicks. Jimmy rolled into the arena because he just wanted to see Goron. He wanted to see how he was doing, and, and he said, I just missed him. I just missed G. He's just one of those guys. Not only does he do all the right things on the floor, but he also just has this way about him that everybody wants to be around him. Everybody loves that guy. And so the way he talked about uh, I thought that he couldn't talk about anybody more glowingly than he did about Bam, and then I heard him talk about Goron. And and so I think to your point, when you're talking about somebody who, yes, when he's on the floor, he's going to come darn near close to killing himself and will pick himself back up and not rest if he feels like the team is losing without him, Goron is the guy. Goron is the guy that I think they missed. And you know, we could talk about Winslow as as the pod goes on, but getting back Goron, it's it's going to allow them to have that playmaker on that second unit. Goron's going to be able to score on guys like he was the you know kind of the Manu Ginobili role, mm-hmm. but he's also going to be able to give Butler that breather and and Dookie not just finish out games, but also he's not going to be tired and having to force it too much to where he might suffer an injury that that might last a lot longer than than your typical you know bumps and bruises of the season. Goran Dragic, we know, is a consistent, strong force. Meanwhile, our sponsor today, the same, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, Jeep, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Dookie mentioned Justice Winslow. I'm asked about Justice Winslow probably more than any Heat player these days because I think there is such a there's such a, a line drawn when it comes to what Justice is and can be among Heat fans. 
and that is the people who think that he's a bust because he never became a superstar as a top 10 pick and he just never became a consistent scorer. Others are saying, are you kidding me? This guy's as versatile as they come. He plays great defense. Sure, he's not an elite scorer. He's not a great shooter, but he does so many things. He's improved his offensive game. He's valuable. And when you look at it, it, I fall in the category of how valuable justice is. But it's the old saying, Dookie, like, you know, the best ability is availability. And right now, justice and availability are two things that don't go hand in hand. And whatever is going on with that back injury, the Heat certainly aren't letting us know because they're very, very quiet about injuries. I will say this. Gorn injured that groin, came back, did his rehab. Justice tweaked his back. I haven't heard a single thing about when he'll be back, but I'm curious to see how he's brought back and in what role he's going to have a role when he finally gets healthy. Clay mentioned last week, Clay thought that he is, for those that missed the pod last week, that he is the one guy that he thinks they may trade before the deadline uh, in the next year. Possibility. Of course, he's got to be healthy probably to make that happen. But what are your thoughts on where Justice stands now with this roster and the way this team is playing? How many injuries does a guy have before you call him injury prone? And that, that is that is a rhetorical oh, question. I mean, yeah. because okay, let's if you look at his injuries this season, right? The concussion protocol. First of all, every sport takes head injuries very seriously. The play where Justice was hurt, he was going a hundred miles yeah, an he hour. Really he was hard trying but yeah. that was an effort play. He was playing really hard. It was a fluke play. You really can't put that on Justice. That took him out for how long? Two weeks? Mm-hmm. So Definitely. so he loses two weeks of the season for playing hard. You going to knock a guy for that? It's hard to tell. His injury last year, he was out for... I mean, this has been... Even his his rookie year, he was hurt. So this is a guy who continually is getting hurt. And they're different injuries, right? We had we had a head injury. We had a back injury now. Hamstrings. I, so you, you kind of... I mean, this is something that internally, the Heat know. Okay? The Heat will know internally... Is he doing everything right behind the scenes to get himself on the floor? Is he rehabbing properly? Is his nutrition right? How hard does he work out? We're not there every day, so we really don't have that access. We can just look at it from a big picture perspective. And the big picture is, the guy's been hurt a lot. So... The question of is he valuable? Of course he's valuable. He but he does this a was lot of supposed to be the year, right? This was and and that's the thing. The po- point justice. Point justice. And Board he had bench. he had his flash. He had the moment where he flashed in that in that Philadelphia series where you go ah this is who Justice Winslow is. That was is. two years ago. But that was two years ago. And so, I, do you just keep waiting? I mean, I that, mean, that's really the question. Point, look, the Heat re-signed him with the thought that he... And, and I like Justice, the player. I love the person, but I, I like the player as well and what he brings. And the stats, Clay, I know you like to read up on stats and look at the metrics and things like that. The stats show you that when Justice is on the court, the Heat are much better defensively. The yes. Heat are a pretty good, damn good defensive team as it is. But he is, in that with him, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, my goodness... You may not have a lot of outside shooting there in those three, but if you can put a couple of floor, you know, spacers, you can space the floor and get shooters out there. That is that is a defensively sick lineup, and we've only gotten to see it, I think, a game or two the entire season. Yeah, and, and let's take it a step further. When you get in late game situations, offense, defense, substitutions. Uh, I mean, you you go on the floor when you're on the defensive on the other end of the court, and and you put those three guys out there. Absolutely, I think. It's going back to Dukey's question about how many injuries do you have to suffer before you're injury prone. In in the case of Winslow, I don't. 
I don't know that the problem is so much the number of injuries. It's the length of time it takes for him to return. And I, I think, you know, we're talking about Dragic and, and how important it was for him to get back. And it's it's because they needed somebody who they could rely on coming coming off the bench that they could kind of spell Jimmy. And, and you know, you alluded to that by saying, hey, somebody like Jimmy Butler is going to need somebody they trust. This organization needs somebody that, that they they can trust to be there. And and again, not saying it's his fault. Different people heal at different rates. It may be that that the injuries just linger longer. Well, it, whatever. Don't you think they would know? Like well, I would I think, think their training staff, for example, if Eric Spolstra goes to the training staff and says, Look, Justice Winslow's out with a back injury. What are the scans saying? How long is someone normally out with this kind of injury? Is he doing everything he should be doing to get back? If the answer is no, then the Heat have a problem. If the answer is yes, then the Heat may not have a problem. I think it's kind of simple in that regard. Well, I think the gray area is he can, and again, hypothetical, you can show up to rehab, you can do all the things that that they ask you to do Mm -hmm. when you're in the building. Uh, your scans can come back and, and say you're clean. What what scans can't measure is pain tolerance. And so if we're talking about something where he has an injury, but but the pain lingers longer and, and he may have trouble pay, playing through pain. And, and again, it's so hard to sit here and judge. I, I don't want to sit here and judge somebody. So remove that part from the equation. Remove the whys. The point is that he's not there, and they and they can't they they need somebody that they can rely on. And so, as good as he is when he's out there, we saw man they they can't have Jimmy Butler playing forty minutes a game. And and at least with Dragic coming back, if you can kind of stagger his minutes and he stays healthy, um, there seems to be a trust factor there with that team that when when it matters, he's going to be there. With justice, I think we need we need to see it. We need to see it throughout the course of this season. And this is a new team, man. I it, this is a there's a much different vibe there. And I think there are guys in that organization that are needing to prove themselves all over again. And, and think, to this I point, Winslow has been able to. I think justice is part of that equation. I will say this, and this is back to the discussion we had last week about trading and scenarios and who you should move. And I sit back to you know the superstar. There aren't any real superstars out there to get at the moment, and there probably won't be any, at least on the surface it doesn't seem that way from now till the actual trade deadline. So to me, here's the problem for the Heat. Two of their valuable assets, you know, uh, when you look at it's potentially trading a Goran Dragic, a veteran player, expiring contract, all those different things that Goran has going for him. Justice Winslow, meanwhile, a young player, a lockdown, good contract, you have him under contract, is an asset, I think you would say. Agree. But here's the problem. You trade any one of those, the other one becomes much dicier in the sense that if you traded a Justice Winslow, unless you got a primary type of ball handler back in return, you're then counting on Goran Dragic as a tool to stay healthy. Yes. If you traded Goran Dragic, then you're counting on not only Justice Winslow staying healthy, but Justice Winslow being able to show you he can handle that role of point guard. And by the way, the most frustrating thing of the season from Justice's perspective is it was all laid out there for him to be that point justice and everything we talked about in the summer. Then you get into camp and Spo says, hey, they're going to battle for the job. And it was all just window dressing. We all knew in the end it was going to be Justice yes. and that Gorn was going to come up the bench because they wanted to manage his minutes. They loved that energy role. And it has worked to perfection. I mean, Gorin is perfect in that role. 
But then the one thing you didn't count on is Justice not being able to stay healthy. So, which makes, by the way, all of this even more impressive that as the Heat opened the week, they opened the week as one of the top five teams in the NBA record-wise, and they continue to win games. And a huge reason for that is the blessing in disguise of all that was they were forced to start Duncan Robinson. And look and, what he's turned and, into. And what Kendrick Nunn's turned and, into, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and, and you you had some intel on that leading into, into opening night that they were going to start Nunn no matter what. Well, and then, said it after. Remember, Spoh said opening night because people were questioning him, and he said, no, he was going to be a starter. And I, I had been told all throughout camp, like, hey, keep watching this Nunn kid. He is really good. And I will say, isn't it weird, by the way, if we take a moment to talk about Kendrick, isn't it weird how there's this kind of I, – I almost feel like Heat fans – don't understand what a special kind of lightning in a bottle falling from the sky is Kendrick Nunn been revelation for this team. He is a 20-point scorer in the last two weeks or so. He's the second-leading scorer among rookies in the NBA, and people nitpick at every little thing of his game. And I'm thinking to myself, do you understand how lucky you are to have this fallen into your lap? He's a rookie! He's a rookie, man. He's a drafted he... rookie who you grabbed off a G League roster on the last day of the season. He's going to get better. And by the way, can I tell you my whole my my favorite joke about all this with, with Kendrick Nunn that, you know, when you're on Twitter and, and sometimes people say really mean things, but sometimes they also on say Twitter really nice things. Very things. But sometimes they also say really funny things that we can repeat on a podcast. Um, but so one of the big criticisms of Kendrick Nunn, excuse me, was, oh, he only plays really good against bad teams. He only plays good against trash teams. Like he puts up, he puts up big numbers when they take on the Cavs and and really bad teams. So what was the Sixers game? That well, that was the joke. Was when he was going off in the Sixers game. I saw somebody, and I don't want to, I don't want to sell him out, but uh, I don't want to use the name. But he said, uh, oh, there goes Kendrick Nunn going off against a trash team again. Because you, know, oh, you yeah. got this little, this fun like Heat Sixers That's rivalry, funny, yeah. and so they got this. So, uh, but you know, joking aside, that was the game to me, Will, where it was like, okay, can, can we now dismiss this narrative that oh, he's just always going to play good against bad teams and bad against good teams? That maybe, just maybe, he's a rookie and he's learning along the way. Well, let's can, well, let's not just limit it to to none, right? I think that game to me was like legitimized a lot for the Heat. I don't I don't just think it was Kendrick Nunn. I look at that game and I go, okay, they beat Milwaukee on the road, which was super impressive, but I believe that was before Jimmy Butler even came back, right? Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was like, you know, first week of the season, sometimes you get strange results. Fine. The Lakers game kept it to three points against... I know they lost, so a loss is a loss. Great. But back and forth, nip and tuck with LeBron, best team in the NBA... They had won no Dragic. No Dragic. They had won 12 or 13 in a row on the road prior to that game, and the Heat were right there. I was like, okay, wow, that's a legit result. Win, lose, or draw, that's a legit result. They were right there. Then they follow that up, and they win at Philly. Okay, well, now, if you look at like who the, the supposed beasts of the East are going to be, mm-hmm. they won at Milwaukee. They won at Philly. It's just about – it's Christmas week. This is when people start to pay attention to the point. NBA. Like, they're legit. This isn't a fast start. This isn't a cute story. This isn't... No, this is a good team with an 
with probably two all-star players in Jimmy Butler and Bam. And Bam may not get voted in by fans, but NBA people know who Bam is. So this this Heat team is good, and they're not just like South Florida's desperate for something, so we're just going to pretend the Heat are better than they yeah. are. No, like they're, they're good. a no, good they're NBA are. team. People who are NBA people, like the NBA right now, regrets having 500 Pelicans games and not putting the Heat <laughs> and, and by the, and in any Warriors games. And 800, true, 800 Pelicans and Warriors games and not having the Heat on on ABC more, on ESPN more. This is a team that is going to the playoffs, that people are going to want to see, that play a fun brand of basketball, and it's enough of a sample size where it's the real deal. So yeah. I don't even think it's it's Kendrick Nunn who had the reputation as beating up on the bad teams. I think the Heat did early on in the That's season. That's fair because they I mostly think, did. And I think I was guilty of it because I said beat somebody. Like, it's not your fault who you play, but like, and and they've gone out and they've they've played against the best teams in the NBA and they've been right there with them and they've beaten them and they've done it on the road and they've yeah. protected home court and like you could say a lot of words the bottom line is they're a good well, basketball I'll team tell you what that's Friday Saturday back to back at home with Indiana and Philadelphia is yeah. going to be another measuring stick yeah. before 2020 rolls around that's that's a tough back to back even though you're at home you love that they play great at home they've only lost that one Lakers game heading into the week uh, that's a back to back you look at but I yeah again I, I just I will say this there's only one concern for me, and Clay touched on it a little bit earlier with the minutes of Jimmy Butler. It's really the minutes for everyone. This has been a very short rotation for a now stretching onto a longer period of extended games. That's got to come closer now. Having Gorn back is huge. If they could get, you know, getting Derek Jones Jr. back a couple weeks ago when he came back, look at the difference he's made and the defensive stopper he's been and providing offense. Once you get, and and I, again, I have no answer as to when they'll get Justice back, but you hope, you would hope by the new year, uh, then all of a sudden you could start really being careful with the minutes for certain guys. My concern is that this team plays so many minutes early in the year, those first 40, 45 games, that by games 55, 60, 70, and toward the playoffs, they're going to be a little stretched thin in, in as far as the amount of energy they've, they've put out there because – as there is depth on this team, quality depth as far as having that second unit, but you know Spo at this point has been pretty comfortable with just you know seven eight guys playing significant minutes, and that can get a little taxing as the season goes on. Yeah, and the the issue that I think compounds that is the guys who are playing the lion's share of those minutes are are the guys who you could least afford to lose, and it's it's Butler and Bam, and so I think the hope is not only that they don't wear down. But also, you know, it's the old the old thing that you know injuries happen when you're when you're tired, and and so you hope that you know there's not a hamstring, there's not a groin, there's not something along the way. So I share those same concerns. I want to go back really quickly because I thought you brought up a really good point as far as um, you know the trade deadline, and we touched on this a little bit last week. And you mentioned if you're going to trade Justice, uh, you know the name that's been out there a lot. And, and was actually linked to the Heat in a Ringer report a couple of weeks ago. And somebody who I think would be a fantastic fit is Drew Holiday. Why? Why would he be a fit, you think? Because he is that extra guy that is a playmaker in that first unit. He is a nasty, vicious defender. I mean, he is, and, and you know, he doesn't get the run because he does it nationally because he doesn't get in your face and talk trash like Patrick Beverly does, but he will absolutely lock you down. So, you know, you're talking about those, those late-game lineups, and imagine a lineup where you've got Drew Holiday to guard the other team's best guard. You've got 
Jimmy Butler to guard the other team's best wing, and you got Bam Adebayo to guard the other team's best big man, and and potentially switch off. You talk about the switch offs and things like that. So, it, I say all this will because if you're going to make a deal involving Justice Winslow. A deal for someone like Drew Holiday is something that would make more sense well, than changed, a deal. That brings you a ball handler. Exactly. So that, to me, that's something that would make more sense to me than would a deal for a, a LaMarcus Aldridge. And and could they use some size? Yes. But I don't think I don't think the necessity, I don't think the need for size right now is nearly as big as the need for playmaking and somebody to, to give Butler a break. Yeah, and I think, so look, the size becomes an issue really when you play two teams, right? When you play the Sixers and the Bucks, Those are the teams that you look at in the Eastern Conference. They say, so if we got in a series of those guys, if you're the Heat thinking this way, uh, that size will give us an issue over seven games. So the, yes. the length will give us an issue. And could a bigger guy, that productive veteran, you mentioned Aldridge or whoever may be out there, I uh, sure – but again, I think the Heat have this kind of mix where they're thinking big picture, and then I guess you know what it is too. And we know Pat Riley will will always try to be honest with himself, but he does get caught up in the moment. We saw it a few years ago when he when it when at the you know thirty and eleven finish, getting caught up that that team that was a miscalculation that that team could actually be that team over two halves of a season. And I think we all saw what happened the next year and the year after that. Uh, I think Pat Riley has to be honest with himself and sit there and say, okay. Is this team what is this team really a contender in the Eastern Conference? I don't think any of us here have that answer. Like legitimately, could this team really win three series in the Eastern Conference and get to an NBA Finals? I think as we sit now and tape this podcast in December of 2019, I would say the answer is I think we'd all agree probably no. Correct. No. Could I think we started the year as could this be a team that wins a series? Eh, maybe. To man, this looks like a team that will win a series. To man, this is a team that can maybe make some noise and even make a run all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. And now the next question, as they enter 2020 and they play such good basketball, is could they really be a team that can make a run in the Eastern Conference Finals and make a run to the Finals? I think the answer is no. But I think Pat Riley has to be honest with himself as he looks at possibilities as to what this team can do. I don't know if Drew Holiday necessarily puts him over the top. I do agree with Clay. Just his mentality sort of fits. The, the Jimmy Butler mold, mm-hmm. sort of that intensity that he brings. At what cost, though? Is the right, question. and and the co- you know, I've, look, if Justice Winslow doesn't have that dog in him, and that's that's kind of you know, it, it it's a it's kind of a tap dance, right? Because that's that's really what we're asking. When he plays, he does, but he right. does not play enough. And and right. that's and and is the reason he doesn't play enough because he doesn't have it? Because that I mean, it's one thing if you have that dog in you when you're playing and you're available. But if you're not willing to do what it takes when you're not playing to get on the court, I, it's it's a fair question. It's one that you don't want to question you know, an athlete that way, but the reality is if you look at the big picture and if you're looking at it from a – let's not even say we're looking at this as fans or we're looking at this as journalists. We're looking at this as mock general managers because yeah. I think that's where people yeah. position themselves. Yeah. Okay, Because I think from a journalistic perspective, there's nothing that Justice has done that would – intimate to us that he doesn't play hard or he's not putting in the work but if you look at it if you're playing general manager you have to say is the guy available and he's not right and drew holiday is a guy who plays hard so it's an interesting it's an interesting plus the pelicans do need more duke players they they only have six and they have a duke general manager so that would that would then the pelicans would be have more duke players and non-duke players well well, let me go back to your your question originally before you derailed the podcast again (laughs) dookie No you guys intended. missed that. No. Uh, so you asked at what cost? 
And and this is where I think there's a pretty clear line right now with this team. To me, I if I'm based just on the things that you read, the things that you hear, I feel like Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler Hero are untouchable, um, as untouchable as you can get. Bam and Jimmy are completely untouchable unless Milwaukee calls and says, do you want Giannis for just one of those guys? Um Hero, I think, is untouchable unless it is for a an All NBA level type player, and and Drew Holiday is kind of on the fringe of that. I don't think Tyler Hero gets included in a deal for someone like Drew Holiday, as much as I like him, uh, because I think, like you said, I don't think Drew Holiday, Dookie, like you said, I don't think Drew Holiday is the difference between this team, you know, maybe making a run to the Eastern Conference Finals and then potentially winning a championship. I don't think he makes that big of a difference. And so I don't think they would sacrifice what they view as a game-changing type asset, whether it be a hero contract, whether it be uh, multiple first-round picks. Oh, which a, they have issues anyway. that includes a Kendrick Nunn and a first-round pick or, or, or you know, I Goran think, or Justice, something like that? I don't think Goran, I, but I think a Winslow... And then none is a gray area, man. I, I just think he's shown so much potential. I don't know. I, I Now, if you had asked me, what, four weeks ago, but I think it would have been a no-brainer. Like, you have a player of that skill level on right. the cheap. Right, you know? right. And and so and given how many bad contracts they gave out a couple of years ago, they need to balance that with the really good contracts. So um, I, I think, would they include a Winslow for Drew Holiday? Absolutely. Would they include a Goron? I doubt it, and I don't know how intriguing that would be to, to New Orleans anyway. It, it doesn't seem like it would be a fit, to be honest with you. Would they include, I think, none is the gray area. None is probably the bar, and and that's where I think... Well, none you, seems like a hell of an asset for He does. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Young player on the Chief who can give you 22 a game, maybe. If, if you made him the primary guy on a young team or one of the top two primary guys, yep. he's averaging 20, 22 a game. But I think absolutely untouchable for that level of player are the guys that I mentioned, and... and potentially first round because I think they're going to save as many of those assets as they can the first round picks in case a star for 2021 becomes available next year and they need to trade always needs to be the focus by the way the focus one more time for us our sponsor today Vera Motors when you spend your hard-earned money on a car go to a place with a reputation I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors Vera kind of like me GMC Pembroke Pines the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida the best service Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, let's send this home. A little happy Hanukkah. A little Thank Merry you. Christmas. Thank you. A little happy holidays. Are you going to sing or something? Uh, no, I'm not going to. Maybe start like Adam Sandler, start busting the song. Tradle, 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 I made it out of uh, a little no, That's not the Adam Sandler. I know, I was singing my own Hanukkah song. I say, this is Dookie derailing a podcast as it ends. I'm actually coming to a stop, and I say Adam Sandler, and he sings something else. Put on your yarmulke. Here. They stopped this recording hours ago. <laughs>